Aren't you glad he's mighty to save? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He can move the mountains. He can move anything that's standing in our way. Yeah. Glory Hallelujah. to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me, with, please. Lord, I thank and I praise you this morning. And Lord, I just give you all the glory. Because you are our king. You are our Savior. Yes, you are. You're the one who set us free. Yes, you are. Jesus, you are the gospel. There would be no gospel without you, Jesus. So we just want to honor you. Now, Lord, as we begin this word that you've uh, put into my heart, Lord, I just ask the Holy Spirit that you would give me the words to say. Give me the expressions to express. Let the anointing flow in the words, O oh Lord, that are from your word and from your heart to our heart. Yes. And Lord, those who are in this house right now, Lord, let it reach and touch each one of us in that way that we need right now. And Lord, all those that are watching by live stream or will be watching by the playback, Lord, I pray that that same anointing that you had when you spoke the word, follows the word, into every heart, into every home, into every place that is being observed and listened. And Lord, we proclaim your word, Lord, and we expect signs and wonders following, confirming the power of your word. And we give you praise, we give you glory, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. I'm probably going to date myself. I have a tendency to do that a whole lot. Uh, I, because my memory banks get so full, Eric, I have to move things around and, and get some of the cobwebs <laughs> off so I can remember some things. And I see some heads nodding that, you know, they, they resemble that remark too. Uh, <laughs> but as we were, I don't, I don't know why I thought about this, but as we're seen down there, uh, and I was thinking about those. Uh, I think, Brother Mike, you had mentioned, you know, worshiping in your home, right there, joining us and, and worshiping. And it dawned, and it, I remember something as a child. And uh, it, a lot of you are not going to know what I'm talking about, but I'm naming these a uh, couple programs. But all of us, my age or close to my age, will remember them. One of them was called Romper Room. Brother Mike, you remember? We used to watch. And one of the things that, I can't remember the lady's name that was there that did that, but uh, it was one of those things I watched it every time it was on. I, I, I knew when it was coming on, and so the TV was always turned into that channel at that time because I really loved this little program. And she, and she would have this mirror, and she would hold this mirror up and move the mirror around, and all of a sudden the mirror would would go clear and you could see through it and she said she said romper stomper dumper do and then she'd go on and she and, and she said I see all of you kids out there well, you know you know we thought she could we really we really did so when she'd say wave back I'm waving at you and she'd wave back and with all the kids from around the world you know do this so we're all doing that and I thought about that as we're sitting there live streaming so everybody live stream look at me look at me right now Hey, I just want to greet you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I, just, I, had, to, I had to get it out. That's 
It's one of those things you just got, you got to express. But it's good. And, um, and I was also thinking just a moment ago that how awesome is it going to be when all of us can come back together in this building, bring the church back to this building, and worship corporately together. You know, I, 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 just, I just picture myself running in here excited to see faces that I haven't seen for a while. And, uh, and, and so I, I know all of us here are and feel that anticipation so far it's not changed uh, as long as we follow the safety protocols, which we are. We're going to disinfect this place over and above the call of duty. And uh, so that we're just going to make sure that there's no excuse for not being in the house of God on the 20th. Uh, that's when the governor has said we can come back and gather. We will rearrange everything so we can have the social distancing. And, and uh, I know there's hand sanitizer out there now, but we're going to have some more. We're going to have some... Disinfect uh, watches, some out there, but we'll have some more. And, um, and we're going to wear our mask. And uh, I'm probably going to wear the one that's got a big smile on it um, because that's, that's the way I'm going to feel. Uh, and I pro but I will not preach with the thing on it. Uh, I don't think I can speak through the mask. Uh, but so we're, I don't know about you, but I am really excited. I'm anticipating it. I'm chomping at the bits. I'm like the kid in the car. Uh, when the family's headed to Disney World and, you, and you're mile down the road, are we there yet? And so that's where the anticipation of that. That has nothing to do with the message. I'm just trying to get my excitement out and let everybody know that I'm excited. We're all excited. Uh, churches around uh, the state of Kentucky are excited uh, that we're able to uh, start meeting uh, together again. And there's some churches that are going to have to go to multiple services. And that's okay. I'm just hoping that every service that multiple service continues to grow and they have to go to more multiple services and, and get new campuses. And I, I'm wanting that to happen here at FCC. I, I really want us to fill up, still social distancing, and say, okay, next week we're going to have to have this service and this service of you group come in. And I, I want to do that. That would be, how many of you know that would be awesome? That would be awesome. Hallelujah. Okay, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. It's the very last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to look at a phrase, or a sentence there, or some scriptures there, that I believe that really, uh, we really need to think hard. And as I was studying this, uh, I actually was sitting out reading this, and, and I began to, I don't know whether they teach this in English and grammar anymore, diagramming sentences, I don't know if they teach that. Uh, but I remember doing it, and I actually liked it because it actually showed you how the sentence is structured and how and enlisted in the areas of authority. So every sentence has an authority. Every sentence has a a uh, a system of of uh, what's the word I'm looking for of uh, priorities or uh, levels of uh, meaning. And so as I was reading the, these scriptures, my mind began to do that way, looking for the primary subject. How many know it's important that when we read, especially God's word, we look for the primary substance, the primary source, the primary meaning of words that, that are there? Um, because I'm, I'm of the persuasion that even though we're reading in English uh, and uh, 
that the Bible is written in Hebrew, Chaldean, and Greek, um, I'm still thinking that our translators, as they translated these words, uh, did the best that they could do, and that the words are there because God meant those words to be there. And God doesn't mix his words or mix his words. He, he means what he says and says what he means. And so I want us to uh, look at these scriptures that we're going to be looking at, beginning with verse 18, reading down through verse 20 of Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Let's pause there just a moment. Look at what Jesus is saying. Now, uh, Matthew takes it from the ascension, uh, not from the ascension, from the resurrection, uh, and doesn't deal with the 40 days that Jesus had from his resurrection to the ascension. So he kind of uh, goes uh, through that, and he, and he skips to the very end where he's getting ready to ascend, and he's given, uh, Jesus is giving his final command that we call the Great Commission. Have you ever heard of the Great Commission? Or the commissioning, I like to call it, of uh, the church. And that great commission, that commissioning of the church is still active today. And he says, all authority in heaven, Jesus made a statement there. He's got all authority in heaven. In other words, nothing can happen in heaven except that he and the Father and the Holy Spirit allow it. It is, he's the ultimate authority in heaven. But then he goes on to say, all authority in heaven and on earth, he says, has been given to him. And we know that later on, he actually says uh, in other, in other uh, teachings that, uh, that the authority that he's given, he's now given to the church. But then he in, starts off verse 19 with an interesting word. Therefore, I heard a pastor say, when you see therefore, you want to need to look what it's there for. And so I look. Why, why is therefore Therefore, and it's interesting that the word therefore that is actually used in the, uh, in the Greek uh, means it's by extension. He's saying, here's how the dots connect. Here is the purpose. Here is the reasoning. Here uh, is how it will be done. As I was thinking about this uh, and the Great Commission, a lot of people think the Great Commission uh, is getting people saved. How many of you believe that? I did. Still do. But that's not the primary purpose of the Great Commission because Jesus is getting ready to tell us here. He says, Now all authority is given unto in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, because I have this authority, because I have this power in heaven and on earth, and you're going to be operating in the same power, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you. <clears throat> always, even to the end of the age. So he said, look, he said, this authority that I have and this authority that I'm given is given, therefore, so that you can connect all the lives, so that you can go out and do the work that I'm calling you to do. And I want you to understand the primary word in that sentence is not go. It's a good word. It has direction. 
But how many of you know we can go a lot of places and not be examples of Christ? It's not in the going. It's in the making of disciples. That's the key phrase in this set of words and the scriptures that God has given us. So our going has one purpose and one purpose alone, and that's to make disciples. It's not just to baptize them. And he tells us, he even tells us how to do the baptizing. And that's an interesting word in itself, but let's go back. Uh, because the word go actually means wherever you go. He didn't say just go. He says wherever you go. Remember God told Abraham, Abram at the time, he says go to a city or a place and I will show you. Did Abram know where he was going? Did God give him a road map that says here you are now and here's where you're going to be and this is the road? No, he just said, go. So it means wherever you go, every place, wherever you go, whatever you're doing, you're going and your place of going is to make disciples. Winning the lost is only the beginning. Getting them saved is only the beginning. That's just getting them in the classroom. Salvation just brought us into the classroom of discipleship. Yes. Baptizing, we know, mean, basically means submerge. Submerge into what? He tells us. Submerge them. When you're discipling them, and you're going, wherever you go, you're making disciples, and you're submerging them in, which means penetrating, Filled up with, acting in, becoming as. So our discipling is helping people to become as Christ. Paul tells us this way. He says, my aim, my primary goal is to be like Christ. In other words, he says, in my life, my life's process and my life goal is to be from what I was to what he is. So many of us think it's from what we were to what we can be. Well, that's, yeah, that's true. But it's really more than that. It's from what we were to what he is. That's what God, God wants us to take us from where we are to where he is. From what we are to what he is. In other words, we are to be God's example of Christ on this earth. So in our baptizing, in our discipling of people, in our discipling ourselves, we are to immerse ourselves so that we can immerse other people into becoming like Christ. Then he says, and when you do that, you're going to do it in the name. And we... we Today, name doesn't mean as much as it did in this culture, in their culture. If you study biblical culture, a lot of times they name their child based on the character that they saw in that child. Names meant something. A good example. When Abram 
gain knowledge of who God is, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. You see, when you meet God, God changes you. He takes you from what you were to what he wants you to be. And then Jacob, we know that Jacob, his name meant what? Surplanter, deceiver. God changed him. When, and when Jacob had a, a wrestle with God, when he really met God, which most theologians believe he, he actually wrestled with Christ, the pre-incarnate the, uh, pre Christ, his name was changed. When you meet God, you change. That's discipleship. Discipleship is changing. And so we should be changing and helping other people to change. Change how? So that they can carry the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father is one who imparts life and is bringing it to pass the potential of his likeness. So when we are discipling or being discipled or when we're discipling others in the name of the Father, we're helping them to grow and become in the likeness of the Father. We need to realize that we are the we are the word that people will see before they meet the word. You see, we are or should be the expression of God. Jesus, while he was here on earth, remember one of the disciples says, Jesus, show us the Father. What was his response? Have I been so long with you that you need to ask me to show you the Father? Look at me. I am the, I'm the essence of the Father. You see, that's, Jesus gave an example there. He was on earth through the Holy Spirit, just like man should be today. When people look at us, they should see the essence of the Father in our life. We are teachers. Yes, we're in the classroom. We're, we're being discipled, but we're also discipling others, helping them to become in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. God says, the Father is holy. Jesus says, the Father is holy. Be ye therefore holy. How can we do that? By immersing ourselves in the character, in the nature, in the very name meaning of, of the Father. As a child growing up, one, one of the things that my dad uh, taught uh, Tommy and I, and, and we heard it, if we heard it one time, we heard it a thousand. He says, the downing name means something. And that was usually followed, don't mess it up. If we're going to call ourselves Christian, let's not mess it up. Let's allow the discipling of the Holy Spirit to work in us the, the nature, the character, the, the essence of the Father and of the Son. You see, the word Son there means anyone sharing the same nature as the Father. If you were to take and swap inside of my mouth, with that Q-tip that goes in that little sterile container and send it off to, uh, to a, uh, a, a lab that uh, does the DNA testing, 
My DNA is comprised of my mom and my dad. And so they can know my heritage. They can know my lineage. Because I have the characteristic of my father. That makes me a downing. Good, bad, or ugly. The same way that when we receive Christ and are being discipled into the likeness of Christ, we're becoming the nature of Christ, and that makes us have the nature of God. Jesus had God's DNA. Just as I have the DNA of my Father. When we become Christ, we have the DNA of God. Prove that. Divine nature applied. DNA. We take on the characteristics of God. I, this is so, so neat. To understand that when I receive Christ, when you receive Christ in your heart as your Lord, you say, you begin to take on the nature of Christ, the nature of God, and, and because God is inside of you, working in you. We become, that's why we become sons of God by being immersed or baptized in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. When we receive Christ, we are baptized into Christ and we take on that nature and that's why the Bible says we're heirs and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't you, I am glad that I am heir with Christ. I am glad, glad that I am heir of the kingdom of God. Because you know what it means to be an heir? Everything he has is mine. Everything he has is mine. Everything, if you're a believer, everything God has is yours. You see, if I were as a pastor, or you as a Christian who is discipling, if the only thing that we did was to get people saved, we've missed it. We've missed the call and the commissioning purpose in our life. You see, it's not just to get people saved. Because Christ says, go and make disciples. And yes, part of getting them to be a disciple is getting them enrolled in the class. And enrolled in the class is salvation. But they've got to take on the study. You see, discipling is a lifelong process. You know why some people don't change? You know why some people say they've committed their life to Christ and they believe that He's their Savior, but they don't change? You know why? Because they've never found the true beauty of Christ. Let me, let me tell you a, a neat little story. Have you ever heard the story of the monkey who reaches in a jar to get something in there out because he thinks it's food. He, grabs, he sticks his hand down in that jar, which is just big enough for him to get his hand in. And he grabs a hold of that item, but he can't pull his hand out. 
Why? Because he's got a hold of something on the inside that, that's holding him captive. The only way, and they've done this in, in zoology studies. I'm, 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 I'm looking for words. Where they've actually had a monkey reach his hand in. The only way he could get freed of that is either to break the jug or show him something else that he likes better that he will let go of what's on the inside that he doesn't know what it is. But he lets go of it so he can get what's better. How many of you know people who are walking around like the monkey with their hand in the jug can't let go of the past, can't get, let go of the thing that's holding them captive? Why? Because we have got to show them something better. And that something better is the beauty of Christ. The beauty of Christ. Law is, the law is good. And the law needs to be taught. The law needs to be preached. But how many of you know the law is not the power? Paul tells us that the, that the gospel is the power unto salvation. It's the power of God unto salvation. We've got to present something more beautiful, and that's the gospel, the power. I, there's a song that one of the phrases in the songs, better is one day in your court than a thousand elsewhere. See, that's the beauty of Christ. The principal function of the Holy Spirit is to present the beauty of Christ. Why? Because he first loved us. Turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1, verse 5. I'm going to drill this thing down to show you how beautiful uh, Christ is and how wonderful the, the gospel is. And hopefully you will let go of that what's in the jug of life that you've got that's holding you captive since you to be set free to take a hold of what God has promised. Colossians 1 verse 5. For the hope, everybody say the hope. The hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. There are blessings waiting for you in, to receive. That's what that word says. There's things laid up for you in heaven. Those are the blessings that God wants to give us. And we can take of those blessings if we will let go of our past. Let go of the hurt. Let go of the pain. Let go of the misery. Let go of that which holds us back. And reach out and take a hold of the goodness of the love of God. Look at Psalm 31 verse 19. Oh, every time I read the word in the O in the Bible, I, I kind of want to do this. Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and work for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. Did you hear what it says? Oh, how abundant is your goodness which you have stored up for the is that stored up just for when we get to heaven is that stored up just for us to want to 
my favorite book of the entire Bible, Paul begins to tell of all the blessings of God that are bound towards us. You see, God has a storehouse of blessings that he is sending. So in, how many of you know that when you order something, let's say we order something from Amazon, probably 90% of the world has ordered stuff from Amazon. And you have to tell Amazon where to send it, right? Because Amazon, let's face it, they don't know us. They don't know where we live. Now I can I can call uh, I can call like Major's Pizza. They deliver, and I can say, "This is Larry Downing, and I want a large meat lover's pizza, extra cheese." Thank you. They said we'll have it there in twenty minutes. And I hang up the phone. Well, Pastor, you didn't tell them where. I don't have to. They know me. They know where I live. Amazon does not know where you live. Now, you may have registered a, a, an address with them, but how do you know if you move, that package is going to go to that other address? So many people live their Christian life like this. There are blessings that God is sending out. I believe that God is sending out blessings upon blessings upon blessings upon blessings. But the problem is we have moved from Faith Street to Doubted Drive. I doubt God will do this. I doubt God will do that. I doubt this is going to happen. Stay on Faith Street. The package is on its way. And then sometimes people, I believe, park their, uh, their car or their, their uh, uh, motor home or their camper on not meant to be avenue. It just wasn't meant to be. And don't change your dress to that, that phrase, I am or I ain't worthy way. And for heaven's sakes, don't move to Pity Me Parkway. Stay on Faith Street. Your package is coming. The blessings of God are coming. Don't move. God knows your address where you need to be. So stay on faith and believe that God is sending you the beauty of Christ and all the blessings that are part of yours as an inheritance. Amen. Be immersed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God gave you life. Jesus puts life and lives life inside of you and the Holy Spirit moves that life on the inside of you. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. I'm not, I'm not like the lady with romper room. I can't see into your living room. I can't see where you are now. But God does. And, I'm, and I may not even know what you need right now, but God does. That's the beauty of Christ. God knows us. He knows where we are. He knows what we need. Just reach out and take the blessings of God. The, uh, the, uh, the salvation if you're not saved. Healing if you need healing. 
Deliverance if you need delivering. In other words, if you're like that monk and you've got your hand in there and you're holding on to something, let go of it to receive the blessings of God. Let go of it and receive the blessings of God. God loves you. That's the beauty of Christ. God loves us. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. God loves you. Let's bow our heads right now. Bow your heads right, right where you are. Bow your heads with me. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that everybody that is watching or will be watching, Lord, will hear the worship and worship will hear the word and receive it. Let that word be a seed that is planted inside their spirit. And if there's anybody watching that doesn't know Jesus, doesn't know you, Lord, as their personal, intimate, eternal Savior, I pray right now that they will take their hand out of that jar of whatever it is and get a hold of your goodness, life, and life eternal. And begin their discipleship course, growing into the likeness of Christ and the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right now, Father, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, begin to move on hearts and lives right now. Begin to move. Begin to touch hearts. Begin to touch lives. Changing them. Discipling them. Moving them into the nature and the likeness of the Father. Lord, I give you praise and I give you glory. In Jesus' name. Now, if you receive Christ, if you didn't know him as your Lord and your Savior, if you just... Believe what I said and believe what the Word says. What I want you to do is text to 74574, the word journey. Text journey to 74574 and there will be all kinds of help. It will help. In other words, it will begin your discipleship of learning how to walk with Christ, learning how to, to uh, combat uh, uh, sadness, depression, uh, uh, and all kinds of things that you may need to know of. How to live the Christian life. All those things are there. Do that for me, will you? Will you do that for you? I'm holding up my mirror and I can see you right now. Do that. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for this opportunity that we've had to send out worship to Facebook to send out the word to Facebook. Now, Lord, let it have its purpose and let it have its course to take, leading people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and understanding and finding the beauty of Christ. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Discipling them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you. We love you. And God loves you. Thank you.